Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment Podcast, we're chatting to Paul Joseph, who's MD of Full Fat. Full Fat is a consumer PR and social agency with 18 employees. It specialises in FMCG and event work. Current clients include San Miguel, Peretti, Siget, which is a massive festival in Hungary, which I'm told is bigger than Glastonbury. Paul has worked at Full Fat for just over 10 years. The agency was founded by Ella McWilliam and Megan Morass. Um, before we start, I should say thanks so much to our PR Moment podcast, the PRCA. Paul, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, an absolute pleasure, Paul. Um, so go on, let's get straight into it. What's your your first, in hindsight, lesson that you wish you'd known uh, yes. at the start of your PR career? Um, if only I knew these. This this is a really good um, uh, theme for this podcast. So really enjoyed therapy, Paul. Therapy, therapy. Yeah, spend t- so much time thinking about how we're going to uh, talk about our clients, but actually talking about yourself and, and going back is a uh, yeah, it makes you very reflective. So yeah, first hindsight, definitely a one size fits all approach to uh, workforce just doesn't work, and um, that's definitely something I've learned over the years. Um, you've got a lot of team members working for you, all might be sharing the same values of the business, but you really need to learn to listen to their own aspirations, their own ambitions, if you really want to retain them. Just, just dig into a little bit more about that. What does that What does that mean? So how how would you how what, what mistakes have you made to take a uniform approach? Because we're all different, but you've always known everyone's different. So what 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 what, what did you get wrong, and and then how did you evolve that to get it right? Yeah, I think as a small business and working within the PR industry, I think there's there can be quite a linear approach to how people progress. Thank you me. go through the certain steps and and roles throughout your career, but sometimes that doesn't always play to people's strengths. Um, and I think we've definitely done that before, um, but really listening to what people want and really looking at what they're really strong at. You can actually think about how you want to develop their roles in a bit more of a personal way that can also benefit the business at the same time. And what sort of um, structures are difficult? I mean, you're quite a, a relatively small business um, to do that when you're a small business. Always, you know, it takes resource, it takes time um did you do that from the start did you after a few years do you think oh blimey this is something we've got to do a bit more of um and how did you get it all organized did you did you do it did you did you employ people to do it how did it all work yeah that's an interesting question um it's definitely at the beginning i think everybody kind of had their that kind of linear career progression but um people leave uh, and that's kind of the first indicator that things aren't really working um, so we've had instances where we might have um, executives that don't really want to move into that account manager position. They don't really like managing clients, but they love speaking to journalists. They love getting coverage. So moving them into more publicist roles is something that we've done. We've also had people that also want to explore other passions within their life. They really love working PR, but they also know that they want to do some other things with their lives as well. So we've also created part-time roles. Um, We've also offered people the opportunity to have hybrid roles as well. We offer multiple services. We do PR, we do social. There have been people who've worked for us that enjoy doing both. So being able to create 
those roles is something that we've we've been able to do as well and it has been quite successful it's a flexibility really i mean that's that sort of all those things make sense but it's in essence taking a flexible approach yeah exactly and you also got to have an inclusive environment that's definitely something that we've been on a real journey over the past years and our working model has completely changed to what it was five years ago we've got hybrid working like a lot of other agencies but we've got really flexible hours that people work we offer one-to-one mental health therapy which is a recent thing that we've just launched as well we've got well-being days for the team it just offers people a bit more freedom to work how they want to work and give them the support when they need it how popular those mental health um support sessions being they they they, pretty popular with the team yeah we've actually just we've actually just changed providers so we used to work with health health assured which was more of a 24-hour therapy platform that you could call up or you could message and then they would you would have a telephone call with them but we found that people used it but it didn't have that real personal approach that we felt like people needed so we just partnered with self space um, they've got a site in um, Shoreditch. They've got a few over London and they offer one-to-one therapy sessions. So we've got eight um, that are available per team member um, that they can use when they want, if they want to use it. And there's a different types of therapy within that as well. So there's psychotherapy and then there's more of your kind of one-to-one um, therapy as well. Um, that's been really well received. Um, we obviously hope that people don't need to use it, but it's there if they do. Right. And we say eight, eight over a year. What, what That sounds... Yeah, it's eight uh, over the year. Right. Um, and then should they want to have more sessions, um, there's opportunity for us to utilise sessions that we haven't used for, for right. other people. Um, and you said that, you said inclusive, that inclusive word, which is such an important word, but it, it needs a bit of defining, doesn't it? What is, when you say taking an inclusive approach to the team and running your business, just give us a little insight into what you, what you mean by that. Yeah. So that could be things ranging from making sure that you're using inclusive language in how you speak, um, making sure that you're, um hosting events and doing social things that aren't just tailored to a certain type of person so don't don't have all your social uh, occasions evolving around alcohol for example because that's some people don't want to don't enjoy um those kind of social environments or don't feel comfortable in them um so that's really important and then understanding that people need to have um different ways of working we've got a lot of parents that work in the agency so we offer a lot of flexibility around um, child care, child care um, uh, uh, obligations um, and things like that. Right. Um, go on, then, Paul, give us your second in hindsight lesson. Second one would be just learning to trust your gut. Right. I had, was thinking about the hindsight question quite a lot. I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we had the hindsight of cost of living crisis, COVID, campaigns that have delayed all of those kind of things, but but we don't. But what you do have is kind of that gut intuition and learning how to use that to make decisions when you don't have a reference point um, can be really... It's so hard. difficult, though, trusting your gut, isn't it? Because it's, it is tied into that hindsight word uh, quite a bit because you sort of... I don't know. You sort of because if you trust your gut too much, you can you can not do things, can't you? Um, and you're not. So there is a there is a balance there. But are there, so are there occasions when you've not done something when your gut was telling you you 
you should have done it and, and vice versa if you see what I mean is that and and, and what you've basically found is that if you, you your gut was right is that in, in broad terms yeah definitely yeah. I think there's probably been quite a few occasions in the past where I've ignored that gut feeling and it's definitely come back to bite me so you have to listen to that inner voice I think you're unlikely to regret it but ultimately any decision is better than no decision okay um, I think that's right that's a good point so if you um have you ever trusted your gut and your gut's been wrong that's definitely happened. Right. It's definitely happened before. How, yeah. How, and, and for a big one, a big decision or just a little one? What is it? Uh, I don't think there's anything been a, anything major um, right. uh, that I can think of. But there, there might have been occasions when you have a gut feeling about a team member or you've got that gut feeling in a pitch and afterwards you, you kind of wish that you'd... Uh, you've made a different decision or you, you knew it was wrong, but you have to learn from those things and those experiences ultimately make your intuition stronger. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was going to go there actually. What, because trusting your gut, I, what is that? That is basically your, your leaning on your past experiences. Isn't it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out what we mean by that phrase, but that's, that's kind of what that is, isn't it? You're, you're leaning on your past experiences and, and your intuition is saying, mm, not sure about this. Yeah, exactly. And your emotional response as well. What's, what's, what's your gut? What's your emotion telling you? Can right. be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, so where are you now then? Do you, if, if you, if your guts or your, and your emotions, you're, you're a bit more, um sensitive to that now are you and you go no nah, i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to that and and maybe not do this yeah completely, yeah. completely. um and your next one i like your next one next one is all about knowing your superpower right. everyone's got one um, what's yours mine is um so i'm an, i'm naturally an introvert right how I approach things very different to my business partners. Um, and I found it really challenging starting out in comms. I'd like to say it all came naturally to me, but being thrown into constant selling sell-ins when you're starting out, I definitely had to adapt very quickly. So what so what does a sell-in look like for an introvert? Just I mean, just lean on email. Is that is that how that works? I uh, mean, that's kind of how everyone does it these days anyway, right? So Yeah, I think it's more about having that really strategic approach to how you're gonna how you're going to sell in, but also nurturing those relationships and also listening to uh, really, really listening to, you know, what, what a journalist is really after, what, what do they care about? We were talking about this before, weren't we? And it, it just got me, cause I, uh, I think lots of people who know me would think I'm, I'm I, don't know, I, I think I'm sort of halfway in between, to be honest. I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of neither, but is for me, it's quite often, it depends on my mood and, and the surroundings that I'm in. Um, but what you were saying was that you kind of, you, you feel introverted all the time. So it's not, it doesn't matter what, um, social environment you're in or, or, or what group you're, whether you're with friends or, or, or with people you've never met, you sort you, you have, you, you believe you're a, an introvert all the time in that, in that sense. And that, and I suppose with that in mind, how was, yeah, how have you, p- public relations as a profession, I th- I'm not sure I agree that it's an extroverted kind um of profession because i think there's there's lots of people i know who definitely consider themselves who are introverted who are really successful in public relations but yeah go on just talk us through that that element of it yeah well i mean that, that's an interesting point i think you're right i think obviously if you're an extrovert or you're introvert you can still excel in pr i do think that job adverts exaggerate ex- extroverted traits yeah uh, in- interviews also really kind of lean on extroverted traits as well um you have to go to an interview bringing your a game 
you know, really putting your personality across, that's quite difficult if you're an introvert. And I think yeah. also people can quite easily misinterpret quietness for disinterest when actually you're thinking um, really, really strongly about something. Um, but over the years, I think I've really learned how to harness the benefits of that, what the benefits of introversion can really bring to my roles. Yeah, I agree. And quite often, I think people think introverted people can be quite arrogant because they don't say very much. Do you know, there's a funny, I don't quite know how I, I'm not probably haven't explained that very well, but quite often I, people that can come across and it's just absolutely not how it's, it's meant, is it? Yeah, totally agree. Um, but I also think being calm and pra- pragmatic really tends to put people at ease, especially when you're in a really high pressure environment. Um, the ability to really listen goes quite a long way with clients. We can really understand. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read between the lines as well. I think that's a, uh, that's a real skill. Um, I find myself, I'm more creative when I'm on my own. Um, and a lot of, you know, brainstorm environments, there's a lot of people that um, uh, are trying to get points across and uh, thinking in that moment. I, I can work in that environment, but uh, we also create a lot of time at the agency for people go away, to go away and you know really think on their own and come back and have a have a second session. Right. And then, yeah, being really strategic and keeping a level head definitely comes in handy when you've got a client crisis that's going on. Yeah. So that's your, that's your, yeah, nice one. No, no, you're super, superpower. And for you that the various elements and traits of being introverted is, is clearly one that works for you. Um, where are we now? We're now, I think we're on your fourth, um, in hindsight secret, Paul. Four already. Okay. Yeah. So not resting on laurels when it comes to DEI. Right. Um, so that's really about making sure that you're always adapting your approach. You know, the team teams grow, people leave, job market becomes more competitive. You have to constantly evolve your your approach if you want to ensure that you've got a really strong, diverse and inclusive workplace. And, and go on, just talk us through, um, I don't know, journey is a horrible word in this sort of thing, but yeah, you're, what, what are the phases that you've been through as a business then over the last few years that has meant that you've found that you've had to evolve and adapt your, your approach to DEI? Yeah, I think I think journey is the right word. Okay. It's definitely a journey that we've been on. Um, I think it's always been something that's felt quite natural, but hasn't necessarily been something that we've really been proactive around a strategy. Um, and certainly, like a lot of other businesses, you know, the the murder of George Floyd in twenty twenty was a bit of a, a kind of wake up call that actually you do need to have really strong. Um, strategies around your DEI approach Um, and we put a lot into place during that time but it was really important for us that it wasn't just a flash in the pan this is what we say we're going to do and then kind of leave it so um, that was really important from us so around that time we created a DEI committee Uh, it's a committee within the agency that's made up of people from all different backgrounds at all different levels there's no hierarchy and they operate you know, um, as their own entity. They create a strategy for the agency each year. It's reviewed. They then share that with the team. um, And that's really centering around how we can make sure that the workplace is more inclusive and diverse. How can we make sure that we're creating campaigns that are representative of people of different backgrounds and speak to lots of different people as well. Um, And then also how we can support um, organisations that are... um, uh, promoting DI. Right. Uh, and so that was in a sense phase, I don't know about phase one, but that was that was in about 
what uh, three years ago or so um uh, and then it's clearly evolved since then but it's evolved because things have changed is 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 what you're sort of hinting at really yeah i think lots of things change you've got lots of different voices coming into the agency you learn a lot as well also people leave and then you need to hire new people and you want to make sure that you've got a you know diverse voices within the agency because it is so important there's so many benefits that it can bring it as a business yeah i think as comms professionals it's a nicer place to be isn't it to put yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. We've we've also got a responsibility as as uh, PRs. We're information gatekeepers. The stories that we tell have the potential to reach people of all different backgrounds. So having people within your agency of different backgrounds is is so important. Um, but yeah, we we have found that the job market's got a lot competitive. Um, so we're having to change the way that we hire for roles. Um, you've got to be really open about your policies the salaries that you're offering, what sets you apart from other agencies, also what what is it actually like to work in, in your agency. Which is quite a hard thing to get across, isn't it? It's because, it yeah. you know, you know for, in a paragraph or two, they all sound pretty similar. But, um, but yeah, so how do you do that then? How do you get that across, the, the differentiation of it? I think the main thing for us is just to make sure that we're pushing the boundaries of what we're able to do as an agency with the commitments that we've made. Um, so we've got a pro bono scheme that we work with um, charities um, and non-profit organizations throughout the year. And that's something that we get everyone and the team engaged with. And it's something that we actually we really enjoy doing. Um, but it's those things that you make sure that you're doing that are authentic to your business and not, you know, just for the paying the lip service in order to get people in. Right. Um, Otherwise, because well, to... that's important, isn't it? I I, I would imagine because you if you're talking to to the to different types of people, you you've got to be able to to show that the client work is something that they're interested in and passionate about. I imagine definitely, yeah. We've had a, quite a lot of conversations with our clients around how we can develop inclusive campaigns. We always make sure that we are working with um, lots of different media titles, trying to speak to lots of different audiences. The influencers that we work with are representative of all types of backgrounds that's something that's that's really important um also making sure that you're using inclusive language even in the decks that you're presenting to your clients um that the imagery that you're using isn't you know just stock imagery of lots of people of different colors holding hands you know you've got to use like real people for real representation right um and i can't believe we're there already paul what's your final in hindsight lesson Final one would be treating ourselves like a client. Okay. Uh, definitely something I wish we'd done a long time ago. You, you know, you work you on... as a business or as people or, or a bit of both? A bit of both, really. Um, we are telling stories about our clients all the time. It's easy to forget um, to market yourselves. Um, we've been really fortunate in the past. We've had really strong um, inbound business. You know, people are talking, we're talking about us quite naturally and that was, that was great, but we're definitely finding that we're having to be a lot more proactive to go out there and, and get more business. So um, yeah, treating ourselves like a client and PRing ourselves um, and, and using social media as well to really elevate our voices is, is something that we are yeah putting a real focus on. And it does make a difference, doesn't it? I was fun enough. I was chatting about that to someone the other day, and it's it's one of those things that if you don't if you don't do it, you don't necessarily know what you're missing out on um, because it it does that having a profile makes a difference in in client referrals and and indeed in, in, in when you're recruiting as well. 
yeah, makes a makes a huge difference. And you also need to be clear on what you stand for and what your positioning is as well. Yeah. Over time, your positioning might change. You might need to give it a bit of a refresh. Um, also, technology is changing as well. So the ways in which you market yourself are, um, are completely different to, you know. You're, you're, you guys are an AI specialist as well now. Is that, is that what you're? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say we're specialists. I <laughs> no, I'm, I was, I was jesting. But uh, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? There are now, there are now AI, AI um, experts all over public relations, aren't exactly. they? Um, and, yeah. and in the main, they're the ones who were going about the metaverse last year. But um, yeah. Yeah. What about the people? Because I think that's a really other. I get the business side, but what do you when you say that about um, treat yourself like a client in terms of the people? What what is that? Is that about? Is that is that back to to making sure that you give people enough time and space to do the work, or is it a bit more subtle than that? It's more about um, elevating voices within the agency. We've got a lot of lot of talent. Um, giving so them giving a, them profile. Is what yeah, exactly. Yeah. Giving them profile and giving them profile on our channels as well. Um, uh, heroing them, um, championing them, and that also helps with um, bringing people in as well because you want to know what you know what people are like that you might want to work with. That's 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 really important. Brilliant. Um, Paul Joseph, MD of Full Fat. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.